soccer fan. Welcome to the Soccer Brothers Podcast. This is episode number 68. I'm your host, Sakatar, and as always, I'm joined by my brother, Nihal. How you doing, Nihal? I'm doing well, man. It's uh, It's been a while since we've recorded. Yeah, it has, but it's good to be back. It is good to be back, and hopefully we'll be consistent from here on out, yes? If you get over this, if you get over this cold you have. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, that's been one of the many reasons. I don't know. We've just been really busy. Actually, I haven't been at that. You know what's happened? You left me for the big time commentating high school basketball games. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> we did a little three-week intensive course on broadcasting, and it was kind of fun. Well, we, he means he did. I, I'm, I didn't take part. As you can probably tell, I was kind of the teacher myself. <laughs> to bring your expertise to the students. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did they ask you uh, <laughs> what what would be your dream interview? Oh, yeah, yeah. So one of our assignments was <laughs> to um, think of a dream interview and draft it out. And then I raised my hand and I asked the teacher, quite genuinely, what if I've already had my dream interview? Which I have on this podcast. Landon Donovan. Go check it out. That's episode number 60. It was a great interview. And I'm sure some of the things we talked about are still relevant to this day. They are still relevant. He did a... He did a great job in the broadcast booth tonight. Good job, Landon. Um, so, yeah, definitely go check that out. You can go to SoccerBrothersPodcast.com. It's there in big letters, our Landon Donovan interview. Uh, you can go check it out there. Well, And also on iTunes. So how have you been in our uh, off time? How have I been? Um, I've been pretty good. I actually did I – t- I did tell you about this. Uh, in one of my classes, they told me to um, – they told me to, or one of the assignments I have is to talk to someone in the career, in, in the field that I want to get into. And they were like, email, email someone and, or contact someone, call them and um, interview them and ask them questions. It, it's someone who has your dream job. Right, right. So uh, I, I emailed Sunil Gulati, president of U.S. Soccer. And he got back to me, and he, you know, he said he'd give me some career advice. So I have a, um, I have a call with him coming up. So that's pretty that's exciting. That's pretty exciting. Yeah. The other thing, the other thing. Am I get, are you I'm about to ask him if I'm about to get him on the podcast? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. But we'll see. You know, one, one step at a time. The other thing is, um, I'm part of this organization called Ohio Health Aid, which is part of a larger organization called Universal Health Aid, and um, what we do is we provide free health care to, to people who don't have insurance or who are underinsured or underprivileged uh, in the Columbus community, which is where Ohio Health is. And we actually, we had our first screening last week. So basically all of my January was planning that screening. It was a good event. We got to help some people. Um, and, you know, we're feeling a need, especially now, we don't know what's going to happen to the Affordable Care Act. Um, so, you know, it's it's an important right. organization. Not to get too political. I hope that wasn't too... That was not too Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, so... Speaking of politics, though, Jeffy. <laughs> <laughs> not right now. Um, why don't we get right into the soccer, though? The United States played their second friendly in the January camp, and they ended up winning 1-0 against Jamaica and Tennessee, thanks to a 59th-minute strike by Jordan Morris. When you saw this lineup by Bruce Arena... By the way, we haven't oh, yeah. talked about... I mean, we have talked about Bruce Arena coming in, yeah. kind of. Um, we have, yeah. He, didn't, he wasn't officially in yet. Really? No, yeah, he was. Was he? He was. Last time he was. Oh, oh, the second to last episode he was. He was, yeah. (laughs) We've had very few episodes. But this is our first game of Bruce Arena's that we're First win. Yes. And uh, my question was, was, um, what what was surprising to you about what he did with the lineup? What were you surprised about before the game? Well, he said in, in the press, I think 
was it Wednesday? Maybe yesterday. Uh, that Walker Zimmerman, Luis Robles, and Jorge Villavania would start. And that also we'd be playing two strikers up top instead of playing the lone striker like we did in the last match. So none of that was, was surprising. What was surprising to me was uh, his decision to go away from our core players that we know about. Michael Bradley, Josie Alfador, Darlington Nagby. It seems like those three guys are going to be a big part of the team, especially Alfador and Bradley. Uh, so it surprised me that in his second game, in his second stint, he didn't go with those guys. You know, we saw Sebastian Lejet on the wing in the first half, um, which is where he plays for L.A., uh, and then he moved back to that sort of center mid Jermaine Jones role. Um, you know, we saw Chris Pontius get a start, his, his first start for the U.S. national team. Um, I mean, really, those were the two surprising things. And, of course, the two up top, I thought Alfredo would be in there, but it was Juan Aguinello and Jordan Morris. Um, so do, do you think that was the right decision for Bruce Arena to give some of those kind of locked players a rest in this game and give some of the newer players a chance to prove themselves? Well, I think something we saw with, with Jurgen Klinsmann, especially with Michael Bradley, is Michael Bradley played every single game for like 90 minutes, even if it was a friendly. And I think it's really important, you know, if Michael Bradley somehow is not available, who's going to step into that role and provide, and provide sim a similar skill set and do the same things that Michael Bradley does. Because Jermaine Jones won't. Um, Sebastian Legetti as a center midfielder won't. Danny Williams won't. Um, so I think, you know, playing Dax McCarty, starting him in a match like this is really important. You know what you're getting out of yeah. your backup defensive mid. I think he did an excellent job. Yeah. I, it's Sometimes when you have a, a liable center mid in there, you, you give up these counterattacks, especially to a fast team like yeah. Jamaica, but he just seems so poised in the midfield, yeah. so calm. I will say something he does a little bit better than Bradley is allowing the center backs to play out of the back, rather than Bradley, even when he came out in this match, he tends to drop in between the two center backs and pick up the ball, which is okay, because he's a better passer than either of the center backs are ever going to be. Maybe, I mean, Jeff Cameron's a pretty good passer, too. Um, but, you know, I th like you said, I think Dax McCarty had a really good match. I think he was uh, impressive. He looked like he, he belonged there. Uh, he didn't make any mistakes, but you just don't get the same passing ability you get out of Michael Bradley. You don't get the same presence at the defensive midfield spot that you do out of Michael Bradley. And immediately when, when Bradley came on, you saw some diagonal passes, you saw some forward passes. And, and I really hope, I really hope that the U.S. soccer fan base starts to appreciate Michael Bradley more and what he does for the national team because he gets a lot, a lot of criticism, especially from the fans. But no not, one, not excluding the Hall. Right. I mean, what, I, I mean, I'll give him criticism when it's due. And I think, you know, there have been times where he hasn't been great. That being said, he's indispensable to this national team. And, I, you know, you're alluding to the time I said we should move on. I mean, that was an idiotic statement. By <laughs> me. Um, I was just probably angry after a match or something. Uh, it was uh, irrational, emotionally charged. Um, but he, there's no one else in the pool who, who can do what he does, you know. The same combination of defensive ability, soccer IQ, leadership, work rate. and pa work rate, absolutely, and passing ability. Dax McCarty doesn't cover the same amount of ground that Michael Bradley covers. No, no. Um, but but that, I think that Dax McCarty can be a very valuable substitution when we need to hold on to a lead. Oh, absolutely. Or, or and if anything should happen to Michael Bradley, right. I think you know if you especially you know maybe Dax had didn't look as good because he only it was a two man midfield rather than a three man midfield. Um, which he's used to playing in a three-man midfield in New York. Uh, but, you know, I mean, 
to be honest, Jamaica didn't pose much of a threat except for a couple a couple of chances here and there. So, yeah, that's McCarty. I thought they did pretty well. Uh, alongside him in the midfield was Benny Fellhaber, which mm. looks like one of the most creative midfielders we've seen in a while for the national team. Right. And, you know, you saw it at the end of the last match. You know, this is why people have been calling for Benny to play. And, you know, the thing I like about Benny is that he's willing to try shit. You know, like he's, he's willing to try stuff. And I think, you know, his first couple of passes were bad passes. You know, out of bounds, to the defender. Once he starts to get into the match, he continues to look forward. And eventually those passes are going to come off. He, he's going to play well as the match continues to go on. And I think, you know, Sasha Kleshin is a very good attacking midfielder. And it's close right now. We don't know who, who is going to be the one. Um, or if we're even going to, I mean, we should have, a, we should have a starter, but, uh, I think Benny may have surpassed that Sasha question. Question, I think is a little less, uh, willing to take or to pull the trigger on some passes. I think Benny Philhaber is a little bit more creative and, uh, you know, he, he, he tries to control the game a little bit more and is less anonymous. And, you know, once again, that could be because it's a two-man midfield and he's literally the only person there trying to feed two strikers. Um, you know, as I, like I said, though, not a perfect game, but a really good game considering Jamaica really sat back in this match. I mean, it was kind of like the Serbia match where they just sat back and it was really hard to break down. But, you know, we were just we were watching a little bit of the first half and uh, there was a great pass from Benny to, uh, I think it was Jordan Morris, um, you know, across the field and... You know, he's, he's a very skillful player. He's much more skillful than Sasha yeah. Kleshnin, too, as, as was evidenced on the goal. So how, how do you compare him to Nagby if that choice is left to Bruce Arena? Well, I think Nagby's going to play on the wing. I think I think Fabian Johnson is going to play left back, and Nagby and Pulisic will be the wingers. Um, we have not seen Darlington Nagby play at attacking midfielder under Arena. So I think... It's going to be Phil Haber or Clutchton. I think okay. those are our two attacking midfielders. He's also talked about Pulisic playing attacking mid, so he might even go there. Um, if it's if it's if Nagby, Fabian Johnson, if he wants to play Pulisic, Nagby, and Fabian Johnson in the midfield, it might be Pulisic at that attacking midfield role, especially Jorge Viafania, the left back. Right. Um, but you know, I, I think I, I don't think that's going to be an issue, to be honest. I, I do agree with you that an explosive, creative player like Benny Fellhaber is so important. If you've been watching the U.S., we don't, I mean, we're not Barcelona. We don't bring our whole attack up and possess around the box. You need, I think you need to rely on a little bit of individual play for most of the time. Yeah, in the U.S., I think we're one of those teams where, obviously teams that are better than us, we're, we're one of those teams that, that teams that are worse than we are are going to pack it in. And we're just not good enough to break them down sometimes. I mean, kind of like Everton, like I've said in the past, you know, you're, you're almost good enough, but you're not. So that's why sometimes we play, I mean, we do play better attacking soccer against slightly better teams, not against and Germany. I, I think Jordan Morris is going to be key in some of these games with the pace he has. Right. And Josie Altidore is not going to be making those same types of runs that right. Jordan Morris can. I think well. Here's the here's the conundrum we have. I think Bruce Arena wants to play a lone striker. Josie Altidore is not great at that. Jordan Morris is probably the best at that. Bobby Wood is probably the best combination of pace, skill, and soccer IQ. I still think Jordan Jordan Morris lacks that final 
he just lacks, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it. He just, he, I think he's, he he's often, not refined. He's not refined, and he often makes the wrong decisions, or the wrong, I, I think. Um, that being said, he's got a bright future. I just think, I think right now Bobby Wood is the best striker in the pool. Uh, and I'd like to see him and Altidore start, and I think Jordan Morris can be an incredible substitute at pace. Um, but he, you know, Jordan Morris, like the goal, the goal makes up for some of the missed chances he had in this match, but, you know, some of those chances he's got to put away, I think. Especially, especially when you're only going to get two or three chances a match. I, I sound overly critical, maybe, about Jordan Morris. I just, I'm not convinced that he's a starter yet. Yeah, but I think, I mean, if you look at the progression just from the beginning of this past MLS season to the end, I mean, it doesn't look like it's going to be long before Jordan Morris can be a consistent scorer. Absolutely. I, I think, um, that being said, he absolutely needs someone like a Benny Felhaber or a Nicholas Ladero. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, it is easier with yeah, those players. Yeah, exactly. Um, now, a striker that we haven't talked about yet, and probably for good reason based on this game, was Juan Aguadelo. Why was he effective tonight? I think his job in this match uh, was to sort of play a little bit below Jordan Morris and set Jordan Morris free. I think uh, an instance we saw of that was when he flicked on Jordan Morris for the, the first chance, the clear chance that Jordan Morris had that was saved by Andre Blake, uh, where Aguadelo hurt his jaw. Uh, I mean, I think... Agadello is clearly not in the top four strikers in the pool, or top five. Um, but I do think he possesses some, uh, well, he possesses a lot of ability. He's a little bit of a head case. He's kind of like Des Bryant. <laughs> like he's, well, Des Bryant's actually a good receiver, um, or like at the top of his game. I mean, I'm trying to think of a good example. Uh, maybe, well, I, mean, I mean, Des Bryant's not a top five receiver. Maybe not. He's like Michael Beasley. You know, he's he's in basketball. He's a good scorer, um, and he has the ability. He's just a little bit of a head case, and he's not consistent. Mm-hmm. You know, right now, Josie Altador, Bobby Wood, Clint Dempsey went healthy, Jordan Morris, and probably, you know, even Terrence Boyd. Maybe not. But uh, I, at least those four are ahead of, of Juan Aguadal at this point. Um but you know he has he has some skill and we've seen it before. He just needs to put it together and be consistent. Going back to your original question, why didn't we see much of him tonight? Um, I just I don't think we saw much of anybody tonight, to be honest. I mean, we had the goal. I mean, we, Jordan Morris had a couple of opportunities, but it was really a lot of possession in the final third. That uh, a lot of sideways passing and a lot of you know balls into the box and nobody really won anything. And, you know, we had the one moment of brilliance between between Felhaber and Morris. So. That's where, you know, a player like Josie can, can can be more dangerous in the box. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's probably true. <laughs> uh, I mean, even I disagree about Josie's aerial ability, I think. <laughs> okay, but I mean, at least... No, you're, I, you're right, you're right. Well, I mean, Aaron Johansson's probably ahead of him, too. It's better to get a header, than, uh, a header on target than... Oh, absolutely, else, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Absolutely. Um... Now, uh, I, I, I do disagree with you. I think we saw a good amount from Letjet today. I yeah. think he showed some aggression. Well, I thought, he was the, I thought he might have been the best player on the field. I think he's just such a smart player, and I have been saying it yeah. for so long. And Felhop. Yeah. Those are the two yeah. names that we always say. Yeah. Letjet <laughs> can navigate space. You know, he's, he's got the speed of Bedoya, which is not that fast, but he can actually dribble and navigate space out on the wing. And I think just his... His ability to read the game 
and to pinch into the middle when there wasn't many passing lanes and play off of Benny Fellhaber um, and when he pinched in from the left wing just shows how smart of a player he is. He's a versatile player too. He can play left mid. He can play center mid, which we saw again in this match, and then he moved to right mid um, when – who was the final sub? Who came on for Pontius? Um, Bedoya. Yeah, and Bedoya went central. Um, or they, like, switched. It was it was pretty fluid there. Um, you know, he's just such a he's, – he's a really good player. And it'll be interesting to see where he fits in uh, in terms of the U.S. national team, whether it be just a utility player like a Bedoya playing out wide or center mid because, you know, ideally he plays the Jermaine Jones role like he did last week um, when he came on for Jermaine Jones. But Jermaine Jones is on LA Galaxy now, so <laughs> he can't get time there. But – I mean, maybe they play with three men midfield. Um, I think, uh, you know, we just don't have that many great wing options. And I think, I mean, we have two very, very good ones. But aside from that, and, and Fabian Johnson and Christian Pulisic. And Jonathan Nagy, actually. So actually, maybe we do have good wing options. Yeah. I mean, he's a player that we were excited to see. And, and you know, I, I'm forgetting Jassy's Zardos, actually. Um, at striker and at the wing. <laughs> we'll see. I, I don't know. Dude, this is Bruce Arena. You think Jassy's artist is not going to play? That's true. Um, So, yeah, I mean, he did very well. I I was very impressed with him, and not someone that a lot of people are uh, talking about. That being said, I would have liked to see Darlington Nagby out on that wing to start. Uh, Another chance for him to start, but uh, he came on, so. Uh, Why don't we give a little bit of love to the defense? Uh, You talked about Walker Zimmerman being a surprising – not surprising because we already knew about it, but yeah. surprising before uh, Thursday. Um, you know, how do you think he played, and do you think that if he if he keeps this up and has you know is consistently good for Dallas up until March twenty fourth, that he earns himself a call up? He earned himself a call up, yeah. I think he earns himself a call up. I think, I mean, he he was good. Uh, I think people are a little bit too excited about uh, about what he's done in this match. Um, you know, his distribution was okay. It's easy when 11 people are behind the ball and you can pass it to whoever. Um, but like I said, Dax McCarty wasn't dropping, right? He wasn't dropping like Michael Bradley does, so Zimmerman had to make some of those passes. Um, you know, I thought he was maybe a tad bit aggressive at certain times. But he overall, he didn't make too many crucial mistakes. Um, I still, I still believe that, you know, John Brooks, clearly Jeff Cameron, um, Steve Birnbaum, Omar Gonzalez, maybe even Matt Beasler are, are ahead of him. I mean, this is his first start, his first match. Uh, and you know, he, he may earn himself a call up, but he's, he's definitely not going to play if everyone is healthy. Right. Um, but, you know, it's hard to tell in this kind of... It's hard to judge a defender in a match like this, I think. Um, especially, you know, how many chances did Jamaica have? Maybe one in the first half? Yeah, they only had three shots total. Yeah. And, and they won it. But. Yeah, and to be honest, on that rebound, I thought Zimmerman did a bad job of tracking the runner. That's true. So, uh, you know, he did well. I think a lot of people are high... I, who, Landon Donovan and Stuart Holden were very high on him, which is uh, understandable because he had a decent match. But, yeah, not 100% sold yet. But, you know, he's another guy I've been talking about, him and Matt Hedges and FC Dallas, uh, a center-back option. Um, 
But, you know, as I said, this is, I mean, via out of the starters, Viafania, LetJet, I mean, and Benny Failhaber, those are really the only two who I think have legitimate chances of starting. The, the, whole, US the whole team? Who started today? Jordan Morris, for me. I don't think Jordan Morris starts. You think he starts? I mean, I know you you want him coming off the bench, but I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't be mad if he started. How can he How can he start over Bobby Wood? I I don't I I just you, do you I, think that as a winger Bobby Wood. Oh, I'm the wing. Okay, that's interesting. Because we did play the four three three. Well, but not I I still think Nagy and Pulisic start. That's true. Well, I I I kind of want to see. I know Arena hasn't tried that yet, but I still want to see Nagby in the midfield because um, I, 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 I'm not sure that I see Phil Hubbard well, starting you know, in you know, Honduras game. Really? I think I, you will. I think it's going to be him or Clutch. Thing. I hope so. I think it's going to be him or Clutch. Thing. Well, here's the thing. Caleb Porter said this year Nagby is going to be playing left midfield again. So if he's playing there, I mean, I think we should give him a shot, and that allows us to play Fabian Johnson at left back. That's true. That's true. But if you want Fabian Johnson on the wing, which is you know, not a bad idea, um, then you know it makes sense to play Nagby in that midfield spot. In those in those last few Klinsman games, though, it seemed like Nagby was the only good thing about the midfield. Going well, yeah, forward. until he didn't get called up. Yeah. Oh, Honestly, did. that's the best thing about about like Klinsman getting fired. Even if you think it's not a step forward or nothing is going to change too much. Players like Nagby and Failhaber are being given a chance. Right. I mean, Nagby clearly makes the team better. Clearly makes the team better. And, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Viafania, <laughs> too. You know, I and, mean... Yeah. And I think, I think Pulisic will start in, he will. in this Andres game. Oh, he will. I mean, Arena's already talked about him. And, and Arena is, is a realist. He understands the makeup of this team. He understands who are the best players. He, remember, you know, people who are afraid Pulisic won't start. Arena gave Donovan and Beasley their first starts at, at the 2002 World Cup as teenagers. That's true. I mean, yeah, I know in 2006 he went for that veteran presence more than people should have with Claudio Reyna and, instead of playing Clint Dempsey or whatever. I think it was – I don't remember because I was 11 and didn't watch soccer back then. <laughs> um, but he does also play youth. He also does play dual nationals. Uh, so, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about that. I mean, he's not going to not play like Fabian Johnson and John Brooks and Christian Pulisic. Those are clearly our best three players, right? I mean, who's better than those three? Yeah. But, you know, it finally looks like this team had an identity today, which, I mean, no matter what lineup you're in Clemson fielded towards the end, right. I, I don't think that it looks like that. Right. And the thing is... And I know this team's not going to play, but right. still. Obviously, you want consistency. Like in terms of lineups, but the thing about Jurgen changing lineups is that there would be, well, one there would be no consistency, but there would also be no apparent tactical instruction. Arena, if he's changing the lineup, if he's changing the formation, he's going to be telling the players what to do. He's going to be actually engaging in some tactical discussion with his players. You know, not just saying, "Oh, high energy benchmark, high energy." I don't know why I said benchmark, but <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, okay. Let's, let's just forget about Clemson. Yeah. <laughs> when can we, why can't we move yet. on? I don't think we can. Well, why don't we um, talk about the goal for a second? Because we didn't really talk about that too much. Um, Dax McCarty 
played a, a ball into Benny Falhabu, who had he played a nice one-two, or was it might have been more than a one-two. It was Viafania to McCarty. McCarty was in space. He moved up, passed it to Felhaber. Felhaber did that little back heel to Morris. Morris back to Felhaber, um, and then who passed it back okay. to Morris. Yeah. So they each touched it twice. Morris so a 2-2. Two, two. Would it be? Yeah. Two, it would two. just be a 1-2-1-2. One, two, one, two. No. Yeah. Because a 1-2 a means that... Well, I don't know. I don't know. One what... player touches it once, and one player touches it twice. So if both players touch it twice, that'd be two two. Okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, it was not that great of a finish by Morris, but um, it didn't. To me, it didn't look like Phil Hopper was intentionally taking that. I mean, second I, touch. I think him. that wasn't intentional. I mean, he was reaching back and he dragged it in front of him. I mean, it was a beautiful. I don't know how many times out of ten he could do it, but I mean, he did it. It came off, and it was a good pass. Uh, and, you know, Clutchton had a chance to make a pass like that last week, and he didn't. Phil Hubbard did this week. Jordan Morris uh, finishes it near post. Not the greatest finish, um, but he gets it done, and uh, I'm sure, you know, we'll be happy to get a, a, win, a victory because, um, you know, it, the last time we scored was that Mexico game. So, you know, we, we desperately needed a goal, and, yeah. and we got it. So, Question. Uh, yeah. Do you think that we'll see Chris Wondolowski in the Bruce no. <laughs> no. If he wasn't at this camp, he's not. <laughs> I don't know. You yeah. have you have Altidore, Morris, Wood, Johansson, Boyd, Zardes, and Agadello. I mean, you have seven strikers there. And maybe even Alan Gordon. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you have those guys. I don't see anyone else coming. Even, yeah, I don't see... Chris Wondolowski. I think Chris Wondolowski and Kyle Breckerman are done. There's always next year's January camp. <laughs> Still, there's enough MLS. Next year's January camp will be the final one before the World Cup. Uh, don't. That's scary to me. <laughs> See, the World Cup means that, like, I'm done with high school. Which yeah. Which is just kind of a scary thought. But. Yeah, that's true. I'll be done with college, too. Things will be totally different. But we'll still be here with you. Hopefully. On the Soccer Brothers podcast. Yes. No, we signed a contract extension. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is our, isn't this our third calendar year? Uh, yeah. Yeah. We started in June of 2015. Yeah. It's been, it's been a wild ride. It really has. You know, I remember back when I was just recording in my, in my office. <laughs> now I'm recording in my music room. It's, uh... <laughs> I mean, you said call it a music room, but there's there's two guitars in here. <laughs> That's the extent to the music. Yeah. There's nothing, um, especially music. Like, <laughs> I don't know. There might be something with the acoustics. I mean, I don't know. It, actually, this was originally meant to be a theater, but they put a window in here, which doesn't make sense for a theater. So. Yeah. I don't know why. Why are we? Um, why are we? Anyways, it? the point is, is that <laughs> we haven't come that long of a way, but we also have in a way. So thank you for all the support. And um, <laughs> we're moving on to our next topic. And Neil, what's our next topic? I what is our next topic? Oh, you're the one who's really passionate about this. So. Okay, so oh, FIFA we... has announced that in the 2026 World Cup. Oh, are we done with January camp? Yeah. Okay. They're expanding. <laughs> oh, I said next topic. Well, I I, I thought we were going to talk about the January camp as a whole. I mean, we're, we good. We good. <laughs> we, we talked about it enough. You know, you guys understand. I mean, nothing happened in the last match, really. Anyway, just final thing. Nagby, Viafania, and Lutjet. I think those are the three players who really staked a claim. Also, Zuzi at right back, we didn't talk about it. I don't like it. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, yeah. I, that's the temporary. Yeah. Played Beasler at right back before Zuzi. 
be slurred. Yeah. Be slow-footed. Okay, fine. Uh, Cameron. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. Or Fabian. Or Fabian Johnson. Yeah. Chandler, actually. This Chandler. is, there's so many <laughs> options. Me. I don't think we're ever going to see Zuzi in a competitive Yeah, Yedlin and, Yedlin and Chandler. We'll probably get two. Okay, back to the World Cup. Infantini's proposal. To move the, U, or, uh, increase the amount of teams from 32 to 48. Ah, to the yes. 2026 World Cup. 48. 48. 48. 48. Yes. Um, I hate it, personally. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't hate the concept of more teams. I hate 16 groups of three. <laughs> I really dislike it. Although it is better for the U.S. considering... So some groups are going to get like a third place team in, right? No. Wait. No, it's just... Oh. oh it goes from 48 so, to 32. Oh, because 16 groups of three. Yeah, it doesn't go from 48 to 16. It goes from 48 to 32. It doesn't go from 40 to 32. Those top two teams in each. That's so... <sighs> yeah. It's the same amount of matches, so it'll be the same amount of days. Um... It won't extend the World Cup at all. It's the same amount of matches because you have one less team per group, so you can do stuff with that. I mean, I just think you can't have simultaneous games on the last group stage, which I think is really nice. I mean, I just, mathematically, 32 teams is fantastic. With the four, the eight yeah. groups of four. I mean, more teams get opportunities. I mean... And do we need to see more crappy teams in the World Cup? I just, I, I just don't... I mean, okay, so being at the World Cup is something we absolutely take for granted, right? Like... But it's a huge deal for certain countries, and to afford well, not anymore because everyone's gonna. No, it's in still, there. it's still, it still is. Like, imagine if India makes it in the forty-eight team World Cup. Like, that's a big deal to make the World Cup. I mean, you know, just what in ninety-four, it was, it was how many teams? Twenty-four teams in nineteen ninety-four. So it's not like expansion is new, and I and I know that soccer fandom in this country is. Hugely rooted in millennials and people ha- didn't watch soccer before, including myself. Like, I didn't watch soccer before. So it's I new. Didn't. It's scary. Um, I mean, and, you know, this is we knew this was going to happen. Infantini said he would when he got elected, before he got elected. Like, that was his campaign promise. Bring so, back bladder, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> really? You know, I like okay. the changes when they were doing, like, vanishing spray and stuff like that. <laughs> This is too much for me. Well, video replay's coming. I, I wouldn't mind that. I Yeah. I mean, what do you think? What just your, Besides saying it's a terrible... I hate it. What are your thoughts? I mean, like, do you have... I don't... Look. Okay, so every once in a while, there's there's a good story about a team making it farther than we thought they would. I mean, Portugal but, Portugal was a third-place team. This, they won the Euros. In the Euros. Yeah. 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 But in the World Cup, when has it been a completely unpredictable team winning the World Cup? Recently. I mean, that never happens. Yeah, it doesn't happen. So, what? why are any of these 16 extra teams going to do any damage? In- They're not. The soccer, the quality is most likely going to go down. Well, actually, that's not necessarily true. Because if you get more teams from Europe and South, one more team from South America, you're probably adding better teams than we're already at the World Cup. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, there's that. Like, Ukraine. Ukraine missed it last time. If you add Ukraine to the World Cup, I mean, they're better than Honduras. That's fine, but do you think that, I mean, they're still going to increase the number of teams from CONCACAF, which yeah. we don't deserve, I, I mean, really, do you think so? Do you think there should be like six teams from CONCACAF? Yeah, just once you make the hex, you make the World Cup. 
She's a bunch of friendly. <laughs> yeah. I, it'll be interesting to see how we how, how we change our qualifications. <laughs> it'll be interesting to see how we change. It would still affect the seating, I suppose, right? I going don't... to the groups, or you would play for like FIFA rankings. I, you know, honestly, I, I think it would just be a different. We'd probably expand the hex to ten teams or something. I don't know what we would do. It wouldn't be the hex that you want. No, it'd be the the, deck. the decks. Yeah. Oh, I know. The deck. <laughs> the, the, the deck. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if we merge with South America, which could happen, then then it would be a good thing. I mean, technically, it's a good thing for the U.S. because. Wait. So is this official? Oh yeah, it's official. It was ratified and passed by the FIFA Congress. <laughs> it's ratified and passed by the FIFA Congress. It's set in stone. It, w- it wasn't an executive order. <laughs> <laughs> but if someone new becomes president, can't they like bring this to Congress? Like, I, I I don't know. We we need to take a, a class on this. FIFA's FIFA never gonna FIFA. vote. FIFA's never gonna go vote against it because everyone is equal in FIFA. So the smaller teams want more teams to the World Cup. So overall, well, your your final thoughts on it are? No, I, ha- I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't hate it. We'll see. I just, like, I just really, I think 32 teams, like, aesthetically, 32 teams is so much better. Like, it, it makes sense. I don't like 16 groups of three. I really don't. I would rather we expand to 40 teams, just 40, then 48, and do some third-place teams. Like, I think that makes more sense. Yeah, I agree, too. It's giving me a headache thinking of the bracket, like, the winner of Group I. I mean, there's also the the thing where if, if... So, obviously, if you have three, three teams in a group, right? Yeah, how does that... How can you evenly match, like, the runner-up with... Of a group... Of the runner-up of a group? Like, that doesn't... Well, I don't know how that's gonna work, yeah, but... Okay. But it's a thing where group A plays group B first, group A plays group C first, or second, and then group, or not group, team A plays team B first, team A plays team C second, team B plays team C third, right? So let's say, so let's say, let's say team, like team A has played their two matches, right? Like let's say the US is team A and they've played their two matches and they're in a group with... They're in a group with Argentina and Wales, right? Which would be a horrible group. But let's say we're in that group. And all Argentina and Wales need to advance for Argentina to win and for Wales to jump into that second spot is a draw. Like, then why wouldn't you play to a draw? You know what I mean? Like, it's just not fair to the team who doesn't play on the last day. Because, you, yeah, you can't have simultaneous games anymore. Because there's... Right. It's just, it, it, oh God. I just don't, I, I, I would li- rather have, yeah, keep I going. like the idea of, I mean, 64 teams, you can't, can't do. Why can 12 groups? 12 groups of four? Yeah. What is so complicated about that? I don't, because it doesn't. Oh, it doesn't, okay. I don't think that well, works no, out. You, you, and you still make well, you, 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 you'd be down to 24. Oh, and you have some third place teams? Yeah. So you have eight third place teams? Sure. I don't care. <laughs> it's better than this. Yeah. I mean, I hate the CONCACAF Champions League for that reason. It's groups of three. <laughs> but only one team makes it through in those, so that's even worse. But it, this is technically good for the U.S. It's an extra spot and a better chance to advance when you're at the World Cup. Well, I don't know. 28-year-old Pulisic is not going to be happy with this format. 
Yeah. Well, we, we got nine years. I mean, at the very least, at that point, we'll definitely have a different president of the United States. I thought you said we weren't getting political. I'm just saying. We, we fire you in Klinsman, and then this guy becomes our president. I, I'm just excited to see what position DeMarcus Beasley is playing at. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be a goalkeeper, man. He's just slowly moving his way back. He might be the manager. I think he'll be the manager, definitely, someday. DeMarcus Beasley? Yeah. Or no, no, DeMarcus Beasley and Landon. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, 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 tag team manager. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. All right. see. Also, if you are a Donald Trump supporter, I apologize. You know, we'll give him a chance. I apologize. Oh, yeah. yeah. Of course, you want what's best for the country. Um, yeah. We have an email for this podcast. It's <laughs> soccerbrotherspodcast at gmail.com. We also have a Twitter and Instagram. Those handles are at soccerbrotherspod. Check us out on Facebook. Listen to the podcast on SoundCloud, Podkicker, iTunes, Google Play. Review and rate us on those platforms. And we also have a website now, soccerbrotherspodcast.com. Check it out. It's got our archives. It's got our favorite podcasts. It's got extra stuff. Yeah. Uh, and we will do a better job of updating that. Um, but we have some cool stuff on there, too. And I think we plan on recording well, once more after this weekend. Um, let talk about some of the club action. Yes. Um, the other thing is, starting this summer, we will be detailing every single World, World Cup in the history. Men's World Cup. Um, sorry. In the history of the World Cup. I don't That was a terrible sentence. Um, but basically, we'll be going, <laughs> we'll have a, a special podcast about each uh, individual World Cup. Hopefully, we'll have a guest for each podcast. We've already hit book two. Um, Daryl Grove of the Total Soccer Show will be coming back. So. And Pellet. No, Pellet. <laughs> Stop. Um, Daryl Grove and Lauren Dubois, the writer for Soccer Empire, um, which is a fantastic book. I would, I would recommend reading that. Uh, and you know, it, it talks about the political landscape of France during the 98 World Cup and what that team meant in terms of multiculturalism and diversity. And it sort of brings to the, same, to the forefront the same issues that we're seeing today, social issues we're seeing today, but in the context of soccer. So definitely read that book, Soccer Empire by Lauren Dubois. Uh, he's a professor at Duke. So, yeah. Duke's a good school. Very, very good school. Coach Cage's return. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, Grayson Allen is still playing basketball. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's it's good that there's a team for everyone to just kind of get together and just like. Oh, are you? Oh, it's because you watched. I hate Christian Leitner, right? <laughs> no, I already. Okay, everyone knows to hate Duke. Is there a team like that in soccer? Like everyone can just. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, City Chelsea. No, this is really not. No, MK Dons, right? Oh, also Leipzig. <laughs> Leipzig, no, people, like, people, people, these people in Germany hate Leipzig. Yeah, but people desperately want a t- contender. I, I agree. It's weird because, like, people don't hate Barcelona and Real Madrid. No, I don't There's not, like, that. a Yankees or the Patriots that everyone hates. But I think it's, like, Barcelona and Real Madrid is, like, it's kind of like Ohio State, Michigan, in that, like, you have to kind of pick one every time you watch those games. I pick Real Madrid every time. Yeah, I think I pick Barcelona. Messi. You can't, you can't argue with Ronaldo. Well, yeah, you can. With a <laughs> <with the> Messi. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's a good point. But right. I'm sure we'll never have that conversation. Yeah, true, true. Alright, with that, we are going to get the heck out of here. We'll see you guys next time for episode 69, right? Oh, 
No, this is 68. Yes, 69. I'm the Soccer Brothers podcast. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you.